Welcome to the Seven Seas Podcast. Join Captain Jesse Osborne as he meets and chats with both aspiring sailors and professional yachtsmen alike. Listen as they share their sea stories that both entertain and teach. Jesse's mission is to empower, inspire, and educate those who wish to explore the sea under sail through sharing practical knowledge and experience. Come along and enjoy the process. a really interesting young man who I met in Hawaii. He's still in high school and is completely new to sailing, but regardless of that, has really big goals. Samantha and I met Garrett's family in Hawaii just before our departure voyage aboard Micmacs back to the West Coast. We were doing some epoxy repair on a few batten ends on the dock, and Garrett's father walked by from his boat, which was just a few slips away. We got to talking, and it turned out that they lived in Bush, Alaska for many years, which is familiar to both of us. And both being bush pilots, he and Samantha talked about airplanes and remote flying, and really, we just hit it off. Their family had just sold their airplane, actually, and bought an island packet. So they're just starting their cruising career, really, as a family. We had dinner with them, and I helped them sort out a couple of boat issues, and they gave us rides here and there, and it was great. The whole exchange really reminded me of Alaska and other remote places where people look out for each other. So after spending a little time with their family and with Garrett, I invited them over to Micmacs for some navigation lessons, and he was keen. He showed up on time. He drove himself there in his car, burning his gas that he bought from the job that he works. All this during COVID, where lots of people just want to be unemployed. Garrett did not waste a moment of my time, and it was clear to me that our meetings were an opportunity for him, not a chore. This type of serious approach to life is exceedingly rare, especially in young people. So I wanted to share his ambition and focus on the podcast because he's inspiring and I actually believe that he's going to do what he intends on doing. So uh, tell me about yourself. Like we met because we've all lived in Alaska, but I don't yeah. know how old you were when you guys left. Uh, I was 2009. I think I was almost five. Okay. So, so you don't remember much. Young. I remember some, but not much. And you've been here in Hawaii ever since, since? then? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, what's it been like growing up in Hawaii? Ah, uh, lots of cool stuff to do. Pretty much the same as Alaska, probably cool stuff worthy. But I, don't know, I like it pretty much equally to Alaska. Yeah. You can't ski or anything here, which is not great, but you can surf and right. say all that kind of stuff. That would be the, the skiing of Hawaii would be surfing, I'm sure. Yeah. Same so. crowd. You are in high school still, but you're doing homeschool. Yep. How much, what do you got left to do? Um, this year I'm just doing math and social studies and English with an official program. The rest of it I'm just doing like my own books and homeschool, that kind of stuff. Cool. So pretty much half-half. Cool. Yeah. And then what? Um, what's it going to take to be done with your high school? I'm hoping, you mean time? Yeah. Probably, hopefully less than 180 days. Okay. Should be way less than that, but there's no way to tell. Yeah. But you're shooting for six months and you're done. Or less. Hopefully yeah. less, yeah. Cool. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Be. So then, um, when you turn 18, what's your what's your initial plan? What do you want to do? I'm hoping I'll start sailing around when I turn 18, but that's pretty close, so I might not 
make it by then. It's yeah. only, you know, 200 days or something like that. So, yeah, I'm running out of time. So, it sounds like you've been kind of taking care of your own. That was one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you. You've been kind of taking care of your own, like, needs for a while. Like, you have a job and, and stuff like that and wheels and everything, right? Yeah. Well, I still live in my parents' house, obviously. That's the most expensive thing I don't have to worry about in food. Yeah. And I, you know, they buy me food and clothes and that stuff. But, yeah, I work. I pretty much do my own thing most of the time. Cool. Cool. Yeah, you know, one thing I learned that's funny is until you're until you're 18, in a lot of states, you can't, you're not even allowed to work a full-time job. And which, like in the state of Washington, I know Stephen ran into that issue because he was there just before us when he was 17. And, uh, you know, in Alaska, you want a job, you just get a job. But some states really limit how much young people can work, which I really disagree with. But yeah. So you're, uh, what, are you, what are you doing for work right now? I'm just delivering sandwiches. It's pretty repetitive, but pays pretty good for my age. You're probably getting pretty good at driving, too. If you're driving in Honolulu all day delivering food, you're probably getting decent. Yeah, it's Kailua, so not quite as busy, but I'm, okay. I'm all right now. Yeah. How, so, I haven't been to Kailua. How far away is that from Honolulu? 30-minute drive. Okay. On the highway? Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, so this whole... You, you know, you are interested in taking care of yourself and taking off and going sailing... It sounds like you just have a kind of a thread of independence in you. How long have you been that way? Um, I've always been pretty separate from the big crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, I had friends and everything, but I tried to stay away from the whole circle of what's popular, because it's usually not what's good and what's actually productive. Yeah. And that started probably middle school sometime. I realized what people are doing isn't necessarily what you want to do. Right. And, you know, I don't really want to go down the whole white picket fence path, which just sounds pretty boring to me, so I figured I'd do my own thing. Yeah, it's funny you say the white picket fence path. That's exactly what I thought I wanted in high school, and it was probably the thing that eluded me most. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know myself at all, and now I do. So, uh, so what about sailing? What, now, I know your parents just bought this boat. And and you're becoming pretty interested in sailing. Tell me about that. I think the sailing part's decently fun. I'm not necessarily thrilled about it. I think it would be if I had my own boat because I would do more of it. But I think just being able to take off and go wherever you want and get there just by yourself is a pretty cool idea. So the sailing part as far as like grabbing lines and sheets and tacking and jiving, that's, that's okay but what's really interesting to you is just going places on your own. Yeah, being being places. So, like, global exploration or, like, just finding a, a cove to anchor in? Or what are you looking forward to? Probably global, hopefully, eventually. But, you know, you never know. Even yeah. if I just sail around Hawaii for a while, that would still be cool. There's plenty of stuff to see here. Then you plan on living aboard? Yeah, hopefully. Sweet. That's, that's the plan. Who knows? Yeah, that can be tricky. Have you... You probably haven't had a chance. Um, it's getting harder and harder to live aboard a boat in a, in a marina. Living aboard a boat, like, 
tied up to a mooring or something can be a lot um, simpler, but it's a lot more work. So now you got to paddle a dinghy to work or something like that, you know. Oh, do you mean after I were to do yeah, my so, whole sailing adventure thing? No, so say let's say you bought a boat and you're living on it here in Honolulu while you worked and stuff like that. Um, if that's your plan, like if you're going to move out of your parents' house or whatever. Oh. I was just curious, like sometimes certain harbors won't let you actually live on the boat if they know. And that can be a trick. And that happens all over in every state. Mm-hmm. There's certain harbors that are liveaboard friendly and certain harbors that aren't. So I don't know if you've looked into that, but it's something to keep an eye out for. And I think I would probably go for just mooring balls and anchorages anyways because it's so expensive to get a slip here and I don't make that much money. So yeah, I would want to do the cheapest possible thing. Yep. Yep. Living aboard a... Uh, a mooring ball I think it'd be just fine once you just get used to all the motion and then if you can figure out a way to just make sure you can get to work on time even on a rough day but the water's so warm here like really probably just jump on your surfboard yeah swim even even dinghy well the thing is to to buy a boat I would pretty much need to sell my truck and then I wouldn't have a job because I couldn't drive so it would mostly just be I would probably live on it and not go to work or something else where I just use my sister's car or something, but not sure. For the interim, I'm sure you can, you'll figure something out. Um, but you know, ideally, this is the trick about living on land and getting going and making money, because I've, I've done plenty of this and played this game a lot. Um, your car has to be cheap enough to where you're not really going to make any money if you sell it. So that's not a motivator anymore. And then you have to have good enough momentum and a good enough job that uh, that you don't have to sell everything. And then you just find your groove in that. But it's all fairly temporary. Even when you have a good setup living aboard a boat, it's it, you're, you're never really solidified like you've got a place, which I think is good. Because otherwise it'd just be a super comfortable way to just kind of waste away. And I guess my point is, is that that inconvenience will encourage you to go sailing, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good thing. And there's something that I learned. I didn't. I always knew what it was, but I learned later in life that there's something called opportunity cost. And opportunity cost is where you have to give up something valuable, and usually it's something intangible like a, a job offer or certain training. And you have. I'll just give you a for instance when I was working on the North Slope these guys were they, they liked me working in the shop I'd worked my way out of driving a fuel truck to into the shop and I really enjoyed it there it was fun and uh, they were going to send me to Caterpillar Diesel Engine School which is an expensive school to go to I couldn't have sent myself there and they said but if we're going to send you to school we got to know that you're staying full time and I said well I'm I'm going sailing this is when I was doing my Arctic voyaging and I had to take all summer I basically quit every year and then I would come back and they'd be like well we're going to have to send somebody else and I was like oh but I got it I was like no I understand but two things happened there one thing happened was I was then even more committed to going because I'd already paid the cost of not going you know what I mean? I've already given up this opportunity. So now if I don't go, I'm a real idiot. And that's how I felt. 
And uh, so opportunity cost is an interesting thing. It can be seen as negative, and it can also be seen as a motivator. But that's exactly what you're talking about, living aboard your boat and, um, you know, maybe not working the job you're working now. That's an opportunity cost. But when you're tied to land and living on a boat, it's the worst of both worlds, and you have to embrace that. It's, uh, it's the worst way to live as far as you're crunched on this little boat that's not moving, and uh, you're doing a job you may not want to do just for money, but it's also a necessary part of the beast. Like, you have to make X amount of dollars to go voyaging. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about, uh, or I'd like to hear about what kind of boat you're after. What are you, what are you thinking? What do you like? Uh, definitely something small enough to single hand. Yeah. Easily. And then uh, probably 24 to 30 foot range, something like that. I'd want probably, hopefully enough room to stand up. That's not necessarily a need, but that would be nice. Um, definitely something sturdy that could take a beating. Not have to worry about avoiding storms, just go through them. That kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. My philosophy on boats is, is uh, there's no sailboat that I would want to own that you can outrun a storm in. And uh, almost no sailboats can anyway. Some of these super high-speed planning rigs with the full racing crew can probably make some pretty good distance from a storm depending on how fast it's moving. But uh, if you can't outrun it, you got to make it through it. I like boats that can take a lot more than I can. What's your budget, you think, for a boat? Well, I don't really know how much it costs to fix it up yet, but I would say anywhere from eight to 18000 Okay. And you've been working, so you have a few bucks saved up. Yeah, I have enough to cover it for now. Sweet. I'm not sure about the repair costs and mm-hmm. all that. Well, once a boat is what I'll call turnkey, which means you only have a one-page list of little things that needs to be fixed, you can count on about 20% of the whole value per year in repairs. So if it's a $10,000 boat, just plan on spending $2,000 a year. And you can diminish that sum with good seamanship, not breaking things you don't need to, and you doing all the work. And I think you're pretty handy. I know your dad's handy. So you probably picked up a lot from him. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so if those numbers help you out, it'd be nice to see in something that's about ten grand to get going. Yeah, definitely. Because you don't want to wipe out your your bank account. Yeah, plus I want money to actually spend on doing it instead of just the boat. So cheaper right. the better. Mm-hmm. What do you think if you say if you start working or start sailing now and you're just sailing around the islands? What kind of a job do you think you'd land? to make the two match well hopefully I can do the whole YouTube film it thing that could probably bring in some money and maybe a scuba instructor or something in a tropical place I'm not I haven't thought about that much yet but I don't know I think it would work itself out yeah I think so I like the scuba instructor idea a lot you can do that anywhere in the world the other thing is if you're handy uh, and you can fix things you're never going to be out of work so when you buy your first boat, hopefully it won't be a super fixer-upper, 
but just remember that if it is, you're just going to gain a bunch of skills that you're probably going to make money at later. Mm-hmm. And you, you mess around with stocks too, right? This is something I've never done. I'm very curious about this. Yeah, I used to try to day trade in that like everyone does at the beginning, but of course really? I lost money like everyone does. So now I just buy blue chip stocks like Boeing and Apple. Cool. That kind of thing. Yeah, it's done a lot better than trading. What got you into that? Uh, that was a while ago. I'm not really sure. I think my friends were doing it. You know, of course my dad does it. And then yeah. It's good to make money. Yeah, so you've got to keep up on all this, right? Like, you need data and information to see the trend of where things are going, or do you just kind of buy I used to, but now I just buy when it goes down, pretty much, and okay. I don't sell. Because if you sell before a year, and it just taxes you more, and it's not worth it, really. It's hard to beat the tax. Yeah, isn't that the truth? <laughs> I got no advice for you on that one, man. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is cool, and you know, you're uh, you're a young guy, and sailing is intriguing. Whether or not you end up taking off and like sailing the world or not, one thing I do know is that it's going to be just really good for you. Number one, it's good to accomplish anything that you're setting out to do. It's just good for your mind and everything like that. But um, there's nothing you're going to learn on the ocean that isn't going to help you somewhere else in life. So I think it's pretty cool that you're headed in this direction. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to stay in touch with you and, like, watch your progress and where you're going and what you're up to. Yeah, I'll probably see you somewhere sometime. Yeah, I bet so. I bet so. All right, cool, man. Well, anything else you want to say about sailing or anything that you're into or uh, what you would say to other other young people that might want to do something cool with their life? I would just say don't wait because, you know, if I were to start this six months ago, I'd be a lot further ahead than I am now you know I've got a long ways to go but just start now yeah that's good advice you've been listening to the seven seas podcast where we encourage you to get those sales up and enjoy the process of learning until next time we thank you for your time <laughs>